0: I gave my word to you I said that I'd stay true It's midnight and I'll remember the pain you put me through You needed something new Baby that's just not true It's midnight
1: to Left of the Dial, I'm your host Kitsy, and with me, as always, is the unobstructable Caleb Coy.
2: <laughs> See, that is actually a, a particularly funny uh, pick for me because when I was trying to adjust my microphone earlier and my vision was obstructed, I'm like, "No, this just this doesn't work for me," because clearly I can't be obstructed.
1: And that's exactly why I, when I <laughs> scrolled through the list and saw that word, I was like, "That's the one." <laughs>
2: I'm very happy that you chose that.
1: Me too. So Caleb, you picked a record this week. I did.
2: It's a I new did. one. It's a it's a almost brand new one. So I was actually uh, I was I was looking around specifically to try to find something new. I I was doing something I don't do very often and looking through uh, the kind of like suggested for you stuff and mm-hmm. I discovered. Although uh, "discover" might not be the, the correct word, since other people have known about this before me, clearly uh, that the band Acceptance uh, is back, back from the dead, and just dropped a brand new EP last month, just like a, a few weeks ago on July 10th, uh, and we're here talking about that today. That EP is called Wild, uh, and the track you just heard coming in is called Midnight. It's the first track, uh, you know, it's it's a four-song EP, so we're gonna we're gonna do them in order. I think. Uh, if you've, if you've listened before, you, you kind of know how that works.
1: Yeah. And, uh, since it's a four song EP, we'll just be doing every song because otherwise it'd be a real short podcast. It would
2: be a very short one. And, uh, I mean, depending uh, again, who you are and how into this you are, you might be excited about that. uh, I'm, you know, I'm not going to judge. I understand.
1: I would say if you're excited for a podcast to be shorter, maybe this isn't the podcast for you and that's fine. <laughs> that's Okay.
2: I really love you guys, but only in like 12 minute increments.
1: Yeah. Uh, you know, and that's okay. you know we we're not everyone's cup of tea, and that's that's fine. Uh, but if we are your cup of tea, uh, please don't forget to subscribe so that you get uh, a new episode from us every week. Downloaded yeah. right to your podcast catcher of choice, Podcatcher. I go with Podbox. Podbox. Yeah.
2: But you know, podcatcher is actually is good too. I think that actually might be a correct term. I think heard, it is. I've heard Michael use the the term podcatcher.
1: Yeah, I think I think that's the the industry term. I didn't want to use PodBox because I didn't know if you had that trademarked or not, and I don't want to end up owing you money. So
2: <laughs> I will I will uh, allow you to use it. Uh, I'll, I'll license it to you uh, at no additional cost.
1: Oh, thank you. I appreciate you're, that. You're you're just, you just bundle that in with all the other fees I'm paying you already. Yes. Fantastic. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, so let's talk about Midnight, the first track off of Wild by Acceptance.
2: Yeah. So the f- the first thing that I, I think it's important to mention, like, uh, if you if you're not at all familiar with Acceptance, or if it's like, oh, that that name sounds kind of familiar, uh, they were a band that that came out of that like late '90s, early 2000s Seattle like pop punk and emo scene. Uh, so actually, uh, they released their very first record. Uh, which I don't even remember the name of anymore, honestly, uh, on the same record label as uh, my old band, uh, Rocket Star Records, uh, or Rocket Star Recordings. Sorry, if, if Derek heard me call it Rocket Star Records, he'd be mad. Uh, and then uh, later uh, kind of started to, to break into the, uh, the, the larger uh, major label scene. Uh, but most people would know about them from the, their release in 2005 called Phantoms. And they uh, kind of dropped off the scene after that. They 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 split up, and there was a whole bunch of drama around this record, which I am really excited to talk about because I learned oh boy. I learned about it just today myself. Uh, but um, what I didn't realize is that they came back. It was roughly ten to twelve years or so after they they'd broken up. They came back and released a full length back in two thousand seventeen. I didn't know that at all. I, I or maybe oh. I did, but just like skipped over. It. I can't remember. Um, it's called uh, Collide by Design, Colliding by Design, or something like that. Uh, I actually went back and listened to that today just to kind of get some some frame of reference for like this EP, and it totally makes sense because like right out the gate with Midnight, uh, this is very much a a more mature acceptance. Like there's there is some like hints of the the old band in there, but like. They have definitely grown uh, musically, lyrically, and whatnot. And this is actually a really interesting and intricate record. Um, The first track, uh, we were talking about this earlier, it it sounds kind of to me like the band Walk the Moon playing a track off the Joshua Tree.
1: Yeah, it, it definitely has those vibes for sure. There's
2: I mean, there's tons of that U two delay mm-hmm. uh that I that I know you love and I love. Um and it's and, just this huge lush track.
1: Yeah, and the vocals even have that like that little bit it's not really distortion, but it's just like a little bit of a gritty quality to them in the in like the processing uh, mm-hmm. that walk the moon uh, tends to have sometimes too. And totally. uh yeah, it's it's a jam. I love it.
2: Yeah, and it's it's also interesting because at first I thought that this was a new singer. I, I wasn't sure if this was Jason coming back for that. I realized uh, in the later tracks that it definitely was still him. But like the way he sings on this track and the way he forms the melodies and everything is is a little bit different. And I thought that that was a, a really interesting. Uh, you know, growth moment for him, uh, which, uh, again, going back and listening to the, the previous full length, you hear a bit of it there as well. Um, I also got a little bit of a, a Killers-esque vibe uh, from this, from the song structure, especially on the chorus, like the kind of uh, almost like staccato, like big nature of the the way he sings the chorus, and then those huge drum fills, uh, which, you know, kind of killers, kinda you two in the way they do it. So like there's a lot of really interesting influences on this record. Nice. It's not really an uncommon thing, but it's something that I always appreciate as being someone who doesn't really stick to uh formulaic songwriting. Um the the verses, the way that he writes the the lyrics uh for these like the music and the melody is the same for for each one of them, but like this the structure of each one is totally different. Uh and you know, some of them, like, very short lines and kind of repetitious, some of them, like, long and more flowing. Uh, and it's just something that I appreciated as a, as a songwriter myself. Yeah, I can get into that. There's a line in the chorus that I, I thought was kind of particularly interesting uh, where he says, I always thought that we get older, you know, I got to think it over. Uh, and I'm not sure if it's just, like, a kind of a lost in translation thing. It, it, I'm assuming that he means, like, I always thought that we'd get older, like, as in, like, together we grow together Mm so uh there's kind of like that that hint of like loss and longing and moving on which uh is kind of an interesting uh theme for this track especially since like it's it's the opening track so it's setting the mood for the um the whole ep also really dig how the uh, the outro uh kind of revisits the theme of the the verses lyrically and musically uh, but there's a little bit of a stairway to nowhere at the end
1: And I do know that you love a stairway to nowhere.
2: I love a stairway to nowhere. Uh, Side note, apparently that's actually a thing that like people have found stairways in the middle of like national parks and forests and stuff like that. It's like this like creepy thing that's going around the internet that like people have just stumbled across like a stairway to nowhere in the middle of like a forest. I'm like, well, now I need to know more about that.
1: Uh, Hold on. Is it like a man-made structure? Yeah, like an
2: actual stairway. I'll have to see if I can find the uh, the article that someone from work shared about that and uh, and maybe link it in the show notes.
1: Yeah, I, I would love if you did because I'm very intrigued by that. Um,
2: wow, apparently there's a whole... This isn't at all related, but there's a, a Washington Post's article about stairs to nowhere uh, in like architecture, uh, which is also something I... I find interesting. Uh, like the Winchester House has Stairways to
1: Nowhere. Ah, yes. The Winchester um, House.
2: I'm not seeing the article that I'm thinking of specifically now. I'll come back and, and look for it. I'll make a note in the, the show notes to uh, to look for that. But, yeah, really interesting for a phenomenon. Um, but, yeah, so it, it's got the, the build, the build, the build, and... It doesn't like completely cut off, but like the music drops off, and there's just like one last line that's vocals only. So I, I count it. It counts.
1: Yeah, no, I'll, I'll take it. So fun fact: uh, I don't know if if Spotify does this because uh, I haven't used Spotify in years. Uh, but in Apple Music, it tells me when I look up a, a, a an album who like who I'm who, like who I'm friends with that's listening to it. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And uh, I'd like to report that I have one friend who has listened to this EP on Apple Music, and it's your brother. Really? Yeah. I wonder, like, does it say when? It doesn't. It just says, uh, well, actually, it, I feel like earlier it said one friend listened. And right now it says one friend listening. So I don't know if your brother's actually listening to this as we speak. That would be awesome.
2: I actually like shared this with a, a group chat earlier with some uh, the uh, the sympathy guys because we were all big uh, Tooth and Nail Records fans uh, in our younger days. Uh, hence the uh, the conversation we recently had with Josh Grossman about uh, MXPX uh, and this EP. Uh, I was shocked to learn was released on fucking Tooth and Nail Records,
1: Caleb. I don't I don't mean to burst your bubble, but that episode with Josh Gro- Josh Grossman was four weeks ago. Oh my god. Was it really that long ago? Well, I mean, we just had it last week, you and I. But when this episode <laughs> finally comes out, uh it will have been 4 weeks ago. That's amazing. Yeah. I mean,
2: good on us for being this
1: prepared. I know. Time is but. time is wild. So, so I've solved the mystery. If I look at Apple Music on my phone, your brother's listed under friends who listened. But on my computer, he's listed as one friend listening. So, Interesting. I'm gonna say it's probably not a live update, uh, as far as I know.
2: It's funny because like he uh, he didn't actually respond in that chat yet when uh, I was talking about it, but uh, Jeff did, and uh, was uh, was also kind of into this. He had just learned about it recently, so. I neat. Love that! I love that guy. What a guy, right? Yeah. Uh, so the second track. Uh, oh yeah. We're still doing Cold, that. <laughs> uh, it's called Cold Air. And this actually was the first, like, I don't know. I mean, I guess you can call it a single. It's it's hard to really say that there's a single on a four-song EP, but it's the first track that got released because that's kind of how music gets released now, which is it's weird because, you know, we used to have the, like, cassette or CD singles or whatever, and, like, you could buy that or you could buy the whole record or whatnot. And, like, we're back to, like, bands will release, like, one track at a time until they've gotten, mm-hmm. like, four or five tracks individually released and then release a whole record. And I don't know, it's, it's all very confusing to me. I just, I just like listening to the music, but I, whenever I see uh, a, new, a new record out or list, like it looks like there's a new record and I go to click on it and it's just one song, it kind of makes me sad. Uh, I actually encountered that quite a bit when I was uh, stumbling around looking for uh, what to pick for this week. Uh, but that said, Cold Air is the, the single for this EP.
1: I, I will say that if there's, there's a few things I love about, um, streaming, the era of streaming music. Um, obviously there's some things to hate about it. Like the fact that bands don't really get paid fairly for yep. the streams, uh, that obviously sucks. But as a consumer, um, and even as a, as an artist, I really love that singles are a thing again, you know? Like you, singles were totally a big thing back in the day of records. Cause you had 45s uh, you know, those were really popular. And now, you know, you got into like tapes and CDs and, and you know, digital albums uh, you know, buying like things through iTunes and the single kind of went away, um, especially in like smaller uh, you know, for smaller artists sure and now, man. but now it's like, you don't even have to release a full album like why you know as as an artist why sit on 12 songs until they're all recorded and done you can release them all at once what if you just kept releasing the songs like you know one a month and then you're just constantly churning out new stuff which is kind of cool um and so I I, I I dig that that's like a that's a possibility now like there are there are no more rules you can just kind of do whatever the fuck you want with releasing music now and i love that
2: I do agree with that completely. Uh, I still am very much a like whole record kind of guy. So like I still like I struggle when like a, a band I like has one new song and I get really into it, then I'm like I fuck I want more. Where the yeah. fuck is the rest of the record? Yeah. But again, like I, I agree with you and I, I get it. Um uh,
1: I, I feel that and you know I do still prefer a record for sure. Like I you know, I love The art of the album, Uh, you know, putting, you know, 10 to 12, however many songs together, sequencing them in order, telling a story. Like, I love that experience. And then as a listener, getting to immerse myself in that album for however, you know, 30, 40, 50 minutes, whatever it is. And, um, you know, I just, I love that. I I love that. But I think it's cool that that's not the only way to do things anymore.
2: Totally. And that's actually one of the interesting things about this band's journey, like getting to this point in their lives where like, you know, they'd, had, they'd put out a couple EPs back when they were you know like a young upstart band and they put out this big major label release, they break up. And then like a decade later, they get back together and, you know, they write a bunch of new songs from a totally new perspective and they put out a full length record. And then over the next few years, they're still writing until they get to the point where like these four songs feel right we're going to release these. And then there's talk of, you know, possibly another full length down the road. So I'm really interested to, to see how they approach that, if they, like, draw from these songs into a full length or if they've written, like, you know, 8 to 12 totally new songs or what that's going to look like. Uh, but, like, it is it is neat that um, – who was it that we were talking about recently that that did exactly that, though, where they, they just – they had a few songs that they really liked and, like – we just, we want to put these out and then we'll move on and we'll, we'll do whatever feels right next.
1: Uh, I don't remember, but I, that does ring a bell.
2: It was definitely one of our, one of our more recent ones. And I, I can't remember exactly who, but, um, that is definitely something that, that the, uh, the world of like digital and streaming music makes a lot easier to do. Cause you don't have to worry about pressing and releasing and trying to sell physical copies of
1: a few songs exactly uh i think strike anywhere is who we're talking about they just did that EP yes, recently.
2: yes that's exactly who it was because i remember reading in that interview uh that that's what they that what they did they they had these songs they fit really well together and they didn't feel like they needed to try to shoehorn anything else into it but they also weren't going to stop writing uh and would just release as it felt natural and i, I think that that's a really cool approach uh, and Sympathy's kind of done that as well in in the few EPs that we put out, uh, so I, yeah. I maybe I'm coming around to it.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think I think there's there's some merit to doing it, you know, both ways. Like I I love when a band that I'm really into that has a few records out releases a new record and I can get super jazzed on it and like mm-hmm. yeah you know, get real excited. But I think for smaller bands. You know, especially on your first release, it's really hard to release a full record at once and have it get any traction. Because when you think about the release cycle, you know, for a bigger band, the release cycle makes sense because they have all this this hype and promo coming up to the record that could be, you know, anywhere from from three to 12 months, depending Mm -hmm. on the band. Mm -hmm. And you can't do that when no one knows who you are. You just can't. You just have to Mm -hmm. get your music out there. And, you know, you can't have this big hype and this build up and like tease some songs and, you know, stuff like that. Uh, and then again, for like a bigger band, you know, the album comes out, there's reviews, they go on podcasts, there's, you know, all kinds of media and promotion when the album actually comes out. They'll yeah. do like online events, things like that. Uh, I remember when the Menzingers did, uh, I, th- I want to say it was after the party. Uh, they did a, a like Facebook live stream of them in their like practice studio playing the record like start to finish live, which was super cool. Neat. Um, again, when you when you don't have a fan base, that's hard to do. Uh, and then you've got, uh, you know, then you've got touring. You've got a year or two of touring on that record. And again, mm-hmm. when you don't have a large following, that's hard to do. So for smaller bands, especially being able to just release a song here, a song there, a song here, a song there. Because when you think about it, if you release a song, people will listen to it. Listen to it. They'll tell their friends, whatever, hopefully if they like it. But then, you know, if you're doing if you're doing it by the album, you're gonna get like, you know, maybe if you're lucky, like a hundred people to listen to it, you know, if you're lucky. And then you have to wait till your next album before you can start that that like you know media and promotion cycle over again. True. So if you're just doing singles at first, you can have one every month. So you're just on this constant churn of. You know, two weeks of like, hey, my new single's coming out, and then two more weeks of, hey, check out my new single that just came out, and then, you you know, you just keep the the momentum. That's the word I'm looking for. The momentum is so much easier to build up when you release things slowly. So starting out bands out there, uh, this is your your advice uh, of the week. For me, the person who has absolutely no qualifications to be telling you what to do, (laughs) but – you know I, I really think that this is the way forward especially for independent artists that they're putting their music out themselves and don't have uh you know a label behind them or a promotional team behind them you know just drop a song every month and just promote the hell out of it as best you can and you'll start to build momentum if your music is is good and people enjoy it and uh yeah that's that's my rant for the week thank you very much and actually
2: like from, from my experiences personally, I, I think that that's spot on. Uh, I mean, I, re- I remember like when we were like most active, you know, 15 years ago or whatever, like it still felt like if you put out a really good record and you tore your ass off, like there was still that dream of like making it big. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I feel like that was kind of like the, the, the last, um, last, um, era where it really felt like that dream was possible and like it's a completely different world now for for music uh and yeah i think that that constant steady stream of just getting new things out in front of people and like keeping on their radar uh is huge and maybe even more so right now when like touring isn't really even a thing so i don't know that's 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 really neat
1: yeah um, that's that's definitely the other thing is you know bands can't tour right now so just keep dropping singles yeah just just do it and i think you hit the nail on the head a minute uh, a few minutes ago when you you mentioned not having to worry about pressing a record and, and selling yeah physical media because like you know i still if a band i if there's a band i love i still want to buy their full-length record on vinyl and put it on my shelf and listen to it once and then forever listen to it through apple music instead Um, but, but I love owning it. I love, you know, experiencing that, uh, excuse me. I love experiencing that physical product and I love supporting the band by buying the music directly from them if I can. But, uh, but you hit the nail right on the head is that, you know, you wouldn't be able to do a single a month. No. 10 years ago when you, when you still had to rely on selling CDs Uh, you know, and you know, because you'd have to make a CD for every single, and and you know, if you're if you're pressing a CD for one song, you know, you can't charge that much for it, but it still costs you the same as it does to press a CD for twenty songs. Yep. So, uh, I I also think that this is wow, we're getting real deep into the uh, industry talk here today. No, I love it. Going. I I actually have an idea now for a a a spinoff podcast. Uh, That's more industry talk like this that we should talk about later. But uh, what I, I think that's why in like the late nineties, early two thousands, like in the CD era, you saw albums of like 18, 20 songs because it was like, let's stuff as many songs onto this disc as we can because we, because, you know, we want to give people the most bang for their buck. And like, you know, it's, it's, easy to charge 20 bucks for a CD when there's 20 songs on it. It's a little harder to do that when there's eight or 10. Yeah. And now, you know, now that streaming and, and digital is the way to go and people don't have to buy the music at a, you know, industry determined price for an album, because this is an album. So it's $20. Yep. Um. You know, now you can scale back and pick the best 12 songs that you have. And so we actually kind of come back In a way, we've come all the way back to where we were when music was coming out on vinyl as the only medium for it because you've got singles, like your 45s, that would come Mm -hmm. out. And -hmm. then you've got uh, a record that's about 12 songs because that's what you can fit on a a, a 33 and a third RPM LP. Mm -hmm. And so it's kind of weird that as we've come full circle back to that – that paradigm of, of how music is released, even though we have this new technology that's, you know, supposedly groundbreaking and changing the industry, but really it's just changing the industry back to the way it used to be, except <laughs> now bands aren't getting paid for their music. And that part sucks, but yeah.
2: Uh, and it's funny because at the same time, like vinyl got popular again at the yeah. same time as like streaming was, was like kind of coming back in line with the way the vinyl was released. Um, I think it's funny that you you mentioned like trying to jam pack as many songs onto a CD as possible to make it worthwhile. Because uh, I remember releasing a record in Japan, and they were like, you know, it's gonna cost more for people to buy this, so like you're gonna have to like put extra tracks on there, like there has to be bonus content because uh, otherwise they're not gonna they're not gonna pay for it. And is it was that true, why? Like,
1: is that why Japanese releases always have like extra shit that we don't get?
2: Yep. That's absolutely why. So like we would sell the record for like 10, maybe 15 bucks here in the States, but it would be like 20 plus, uh, equivalent in Japan, maybe even closer to like 30. I don't remember the exact exchange, but like we were told by the label, like you, you're going to have to put bonus content on here. And so we did. And sure enough, I fucking loved it. And like, it's, it's really interesting that like, that doesn't necessarily have to be a thing anymore. Cause I don't, I mean, maybe streaming would cost more in, in Japan. I actually don't know what that looks like now, but yeah. I wouldn't think that there really has to be a difference anymore, but for physical releases, you had to make it worthwhile. And that's, I I think it's just a big part of why full LP, like full albums were a thing because again, like you just, you saved up as many songs as you could, you put them all out and then you started writing the next batch. Yeah. But Cold Air was the single. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, the Cold Air. Yeah, Cold Air was the, the single from this, after all that. Um, and the first thing that struck me about this track, and probably a good reason why it, it was the single, uh, is that it feels a little bit more like the quote-unquote old acceptance, like classic acceptance. Uh, but also, if I'm being honest, total Stranger Things synth intro.
1: Yes, the synth <laughs> intro rules. I love that. Um, I also the the big thing that stuck out to me in in this song is in the chorus. I got some major uh, Jimmy Eat World vibes, Mm -hmm. uh, especially on the calling out, calling out part like that, that the just the articulation of that phrase and the harmonies there are right out of the Jimmy Eat World playbook.
2: Uh, I found an interview with Jason, the singer from Acceptance, uh, on BehindTheSetList.com. dot uh, and he does specifically reference you two, Phil Collins, Jimmy Eat World, and the Killers. So, like all of these things that we've uh, talked about as as being like, it definitely sounds like that influenced this this record. Uh, yeah, it did. Uh, in fact, the Phil Collins reference. Uh, I was listening to the the previous full length, and there's a track on that that sounds. Very Phil Collins. So if you're into that uh, that '80s uh, heartbreak pop, uh, go listen to the 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 previous full length, uh, the Colliding by Design. Uh, You'll dig that as well. But yeah, I love that you that you called that out because they do too.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, I again, I think I talked about this on an uh, episode in the not too distant past where i I said you know sometimes i feel like i have no idea like i have no qualification to be talking about music and you know i hear things and try to explain them and um you know i just sometimes i feel like i just sound like an idiot but then when i hit on something where i'm like hey that really feels to me like something that this band would do and then i hear from you that the artist said yeah we (laughs) you know yep we we uh were influenced by that very band. I'm just like, oh okay, all right, yeah. I guess I do kind of know what I'm talking about a little bit.
2: I think that was way back uh, when we were talking about uh, the Gloria record because you were yes. mentioning how it felt very like Radiohead, OK Computer esque, and I was That's like, well, right. funny you should say that.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, so, so uh, Kitsy strikes again. <laughs> yes. Well done. Thank you. Uh,
2: another thing that I'm going to include in the, the show notes is the music video for this track. Uh, and it's, it's really fucking interesting. And uh, there's a, I'm not going to link the article cause it's super short. And this quote is basically the entirety of it, but there's a spin magazine article that uh, kind of was put out promoting the release of the, the video. Uh, and Jason in that, uh, Jason Vana says, uh, the lyrics in cold air present a snapshot of a community that's being broken apart by prejudice, indignation, and division. Uh, it's about having the strength to recognize changes necessary. We wanted the video to reflect this as well. So this video, uh, my first thought before seeing that quote was like, this is a really powerful message and allegory about America. Uh, And it's a whole, like, it's a scene played in reverse uh, that starts with a fire and ends with uh, a group of people uh, sitting. Uh, in you know, like on a couch in front of a, a map of the, the United States and like as it plays in reverse you see the fire going out the furniture reassembling uh, a black man removing the paint from the map that says we don't belong here and then all end up sitting together uh, on this couch uh, except for a, like a young woman who's kind of standing and looking at herself in the mirror uh, and uh I don't know that I can dig too deeply into the the symbolism without having an actual discussion with the producer of the video but like it feels like it's addressing race and uh misogyny and like body image and stuff like that basically all the things that are like pretty terrible in America and like it's it's a pretty powerful visual allegory for that and uh that was my impression seeing the video and then reading that quote I was like oh, oh shit I was right nice so, it's, it's a really powerful song, and I, I think, it, like, I don't know, honestly, that the lyrics alone convey exactly what he was trying to get out of them, because I didn't necessarily pick up on that, but, like, Taken as a whole, uh, I think it, it does say, send a pretty powerful message. Uh, and it's a jam.
1: It gone. is indeed a jam. So, uh, why don't we jam out to that track? and we'll hear from our sponsor this week and we come back we'll be talking about the second half of the ep wild by acceptance so stay tuned
2: to a Night Shift Radio production. Nightshift Radio is a modern media company, bringing you shows that entertain, inform, and most importantly, provide an escape. Never Heard of It dives into the world of bad, obscure, and sometimes just weird movies. Follow along with the crew of Set Condition One as they experience the 2004 sci-fi hit, Battlestar Galactica, one episode at a time. Each week on Left of the Dial, we explore a new record or revisit an old favorite, We'll bring in guests to talk about their own music and the state of the industry. The Superpod HeroCast. Guys with beers talking about movies with capes. They draw a random comic-inspired movie from Thor's helmet and offer thorough, insightful, and humorous commentary. And once a month, tune into the Storyteller series and get lost in the magic of a good old-fashioned radio drama. Learn more about these fine shows at nightshiftradio.com and subscribe on your favorite platform.
1: We're still listening to Left of the Dial. I'm still kitsy. Caleb is still unobstructible.
2: Penelope has decided to join the podcast. Penelope has entered the chat. Penelope has entered the chat. Uh, and, and
1: hey, we're still talking about the new EP Wild by Acceptance. Yes, we are. And coming back
2: in from the break, you just heard track number three Son of the City. This is another track that feels to me like the classic acceptance but i feel like there also are more of those elements of like the walk the moon u2 sort of vibe mm-hmm. uh in it and so it's it's them really blending uh their like core identity with who they've grown to uh musically uh and actually i talked in the first half about how I I listened to their their most recent full-length uh, to try to get into the headspace of, like, where this band is now. Uh, but I also decided to go back and listen to uh, Black Lines to Battlefields, so their, like, kind of first, like, semi-major release, uh, just to, like, have a little throwback nostalgia, but also just to kind of remind myself, like where they came from uh and comparing that which turns out I actually stu- still do really like the tracks on that uh, so that's cool that was yeah. uh, fun fun to discover but comparing that to this um like you could really feel the the growth and the maturity and like the way um that Jason Jason, right? I said Jason a couple times. I hope that's right. Uh, the way that he <laughs> writes uh, lyrics and melody, uh, I fucking love the melody structure of this song. I love the way he forms uh, the the um, forms the forms the, the words. I love the the way he sings this, uh, and I also really appreciate in the uh, the verses how. Um, the guitars are just kind of this like airy picking and whatnot, but the bass is so like full Mm -hmm. that it's what's really driving the like emotional balance of the, the track and like there's not a ton going on, but like it just kind of moves you along. Uh, When I was first really listening to this record was when uh, uh, I was uh, several weeks back when I had the rental car and I took it back and uh, had like a, you know, 3 mile walk home so i just put this record on repeat and every time i got to this i just like kind of felt that like deep inside like this like that that bass part and that melody just mm-hmm. really wanted to move me um now all that said with this like you know, big beautiful airy atmospheric gorgeous song uh, i immediately distrust anyone who uses lines like i'm just an ordinary person motherfucker
1: of course you are <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, what's the alternative? What are you, the Hulk?
2: Like, he's like, I'm not a
1: normal hero. I'm
2: just an ordinary person. What does that even mean? Like, Yeah. I like every part of this song except for that one like, or two lines, I guess. Because even the, the, the line before that, you've got this crazy hold on me. I'm not the type that's sentimental. I keep telling everyone this hurts like hell. I love that. But then he's like, I'm not a normal hero. I'm just an ordinary person. I keep telling everyone this hurts like hell. Like, ah, you lost me there like ditch that stick with the stick with the line before and you've got me for the whole thing.
1: <laughs> I will say uh I had two very different experiences listening to this record. Okay. Uh one of those experiences was uh throughout today uh I listened to it on my home pod while I was working and then while I was making dinner and the the experience I had then was, you know, midnight. You know, we talked about that, got into that. That was super cool. Cold Air, also a jam. Got those Jimmy Eat World vibes, and then suddenly the EP was over. Like the last two songs just kind of blended into the end of Cold Air for me, and I just like I didn't even realize. Like I still thought I was on song two, and then I was on at the end of the EP. It's
2: <laughs> because they're they're not particularly long songs either.
1: No, they're like four, three, four minutes. Yeah. Um, the The interesting thing there is that like I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but listening just now, uh, in my really nice studio headphones, uh, this song just jumped out at me as like the production is huge, the drums are hitting so hard, yes. the bass is so, yeah, uh, and so I think it. it you know, uh, we say this a lot, but like your your frame of mind, your mood, but also your environment is it can really mm-hmm. change your perception of, of of a song. Like I. You know this song I couldn't tell you a thing about it five minutes ago, and I've heard it ten times today. I listened to it just now on headphones and it's my favorite song I've heard in the last ten minutes so <laughs> uh it, yeah I, I mean it's it's uh it's crazy how that how different that is
2: yeah and i like i've I've listened to this in a bunch of different uh, atmospheres and environments. I, you know, listened to it just over like a you know, generic home speaker. Uh, I listened to, uh, just out of my computer speakers. I listened to it in like a car and then on a long walk on my headphones. And then like in my room earlier when it was storming out and like had my headphones in and the lights down and like all of these different experiences. And like, yeah, it like, it felt that the hugest and the most stirring. The last couple of times I listened to it, I, I again I loved the melody right away. Uh, the I, I picked up on that line that bothers me pretty quickly. So that's, uh, that that kind of hurt its chances of uh, of being uh, uh, you know a standout favorite for me. I I really like. If it weren't for that, I would be saying that I absolutely fucking love this song and it's possibly my favorite on the record. Uh, but that uh that distinction goes to another track.
1: Have we talked about that track yet? No. Oh, that's interesting. I wonder which one it is then. Oh, it's a surprise. It is a surprise. Another thing that really stood out to me in Son of the City is the way uh in the bridge there's this like big like ascending build into a, you know, little thing and then d- and then it d- descends again. It, it's just, yep. it's very cool. I, I don't, it's hard to put into words what it's doing, but listen, listen to the bridge and you'll, you'll see.
2: Well, the number of times we've talked about the importance of dynamics and songwriting and yes. like this song puts that right out there. Like it, it exemplifies that really well. Um, before we get into the last track, I wanted to tell you about the, uh, the, the big to do that I, that I learned about today. Oh uh, yeah. Like, Part of not not the the full reason that they broke up because there was life reasons people wanting to move on start families and whatnot but uh, part of the reason that Acceptance broke up back when they did uh, is that their record Phantoms. Was one of the uh, records that was part of this big scandal with uh, Sony BMG, uh, with they they had this like copyright protection that was on their CDs that uh, basically became like rootkit malware that was uh, like infecting people's computers to like prevent them from copying CDs. Uh, So this is straight from from wiki. Uh, You can check it out. I'll I'll link it in the show notes as well. But the Sony BMG copyright root uh, rootkit. Uh, scandal as a 2005 scandal regarding uh, Sony BMG's implementation of copy protection measures on about 22 million CDs. When inserted into the com- a computer, the CDs installed one of two pieces of software which provided a form of digital rights management by modifying the operating system to interfere with CD copyright copying. Holy uh, shit. It goes on. There's more. It's really intense, but like. I cannot fucking imagine being a young band like on the rise, like we get a fucking major label deal and like, you know, things are already kind of a little bit tense because, you know, working with the majors was always a little bit awkward uh, at best. But then like this coming out and like people's computers getting affected with malware because of your CD, I would want to quit too. Yeah. that's <laughs> uh, like, it's so fucked up. And like, I, I, I don't remember hearing about this at the time, uh, which is also funny to me because this would have been the time that I was, like, probably just uh, just giving up my tape collection and going all in on
1: CDs. <laughs> so that was that was what four and a half years ago.
2: No, so this was two thousand five. So uh, this would have been like. Early years of people going all in on digital, like people buying iPods and like ripping CDs and like putting them on their MP3 players, uh, which again is a big part of why Sony did this, I'm sure, because people putting on MP3 players and sharing, but then you had the like the torrents uh, systems and whatnot. So, um, but at this point, I hadn't yet gone all in on uh, non physical digital media and was still CD. So I should have heard about this, but I don't, I don't remember it. And so that was a really interesting thing to learn when, when researching this band today, that they were in part brought down by malware.
1: (laughs) And that's why you should always back up your computer. Yes. Right. That's, is that the lesson here? Sure. Probably, probably not, (laughs) but you Uh still should back up your computer. Or just never store anything locally. So if you've got to wipe it, it's fine. There, I mean, that's also an option. Yes. Uh, because if you don't back up your computer, uh, you're going to have a lot of wasted nights uh, uh. Worrying, about, <laughs> worrying about your data. Uh, that's a terrible... Like, I'm cutting that fuck out of that. That was terrible. Oh no, I love it. That was great. No,
2: it was so bad. Um, another unrelated side note uh when I ordered groceries the other day I ordered sparkling water but I picked this like weird I don't know if it's generic or if it's just like a local brand that I'd never heard of before that you can only get in like the local like chain grocery stores but it was called like Klarbrunn it's like k-l-a-r-b-r-u-n-n or something like that um and this time around I was just like yeah fuck it that was cheap I'll just get that again um but she brought me bubbly and that made me happy when I, because I didn't, I didn't even pay attention when I brought it in from the the delivery, and then I cracked one open today. I was like, "This is buble.
1: and it's got a big <laughs> smile on the side of it. Look it's at
2: that! A, it's a real big smile, just like me. So, just like you. This episode of Left of the Dial is not brought to you by Bubbly Sparking Water, but it could be. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we've, there's uh, just one more track that we want to talk about this, but uh, again, before we. uh, we get into the the last track and and wrap this episode up. Uh, Once again, if you are enjoying this and uh, want to hear more from us, uh, and I can't and,
1: imagine why you wouldn't be.
2: I can't imagine either. This is quality content. Yeah. Uh, go ahead and give us a subscribe. And, of course, if you like what we're doing, you may uh, also like some of the other stuff that our network is doing. And you can check us out at nightshiftradio.com uh, to see all the other shows on the Night Shift Radio Podcast Network. Uh, and we've got some really cool stuff that's either in the works now or potentially, like, three months from now when this episode airs, might have actually happened. So, uh <laughs> Check that out. Keep, a uh, keep an eye on it and, uh, you know, let us know what you think.
1: Absolutely. And, uh, Hey, if you have a second, if you could do me a huge favor and just, uh, whatever podcast platform of choice, uh, that, that you use, just give us a, a review, just a little quick one. Just say, Hey, I like this podcast. It's pretty cool. Uh, cause that really helps us get the podcast in front of more people and, uh, you know, that just helps us keep doing this so that you can keep listening to it. And, uh, you know, it, it would make Caleb and I just feel like all warm and fuzzy inside. So it would. So if you have a, if you have a, a minute, just do that. It'll be, it'll be cool. You'll feel good too. We'll all feel good. It'll be great.
2: And so the final track wasted night. This actually was my favorite track on the, the record I think and uh, it's it was surprisingly difficult to, to pick a favorite uh, I I'll be honest I didn't expect to like this EP as much as I did I checked it out kind of for nostalgia's sake and you know I did really like old acceptance spec and my young pop punk emo days and like I didn't dislike Phantoms but I wasn't that into it and you know, there was all sorts of stuff happening in life at the time, and just, uh, I'd be lying if I said there wasn't a little bit of jealousy watching a, a band that we kind of used to play shows with and that we shared a label with that, you know, they got successful. You know, it's that's a thing from my mm-hmm. past that I, I deal with. I, I had some jealousy issues. Uh, but that said, like, putting this on, uh, I was really pleasantly surprised by all four tracks. Uh, but... This one has just like a really great energy. The chorus has these great catchy callback vocals that uh, you love to hear. Uh, and the whole song has a bit of a, almost a little bit of a Springsteen kind of nostalgia love song vibe. And uh, it, it made me happy. Um, although, one <laughs> One thing that, like, still catches me, even after, like, several times of listening to this, like, on repeat, uh, the intro, just the little kind of, like, like, synthy noise that they make right before the track kicks in, uh, almost every time tricks my brain into thinking I'm about to hear Television Romance by Pale Waves, uh, and I'm not sure if you're familiar at all with them. No. We haven't, we haven't talked about them here, and I don't know if we ever will, but, uh, Pale Waves, I discovered, uh, Couple of years back in my uh, my haunted apartment in, in Syracuse, uh, and they became quickly my uh, goth Brit pop ex- uh, obsession. Nice, not <laughs> to uh, find. There's there's a video for for the song that this one makes me think of. The songs sound absolutely nothing alike, but it's just the very very like first few seconds of the intro that like makes a connection in my brain. <laughs> so, but yeah. Absolutely love the the vibe of the song The energy of it The whole idea Of you know Oh, Let me find it Where's the uh, All the wasted nights You know I'm gonna miss those days When we waste our nights away Gotta get this right Just a couple of castaways And a wasted night Like It's fun It is fun It's late at night The TV's on I see you wild and free on the big, bright screen. <laughs> it's, you know, it's a, it's a great way to, uh, to go to end a record. Uh, and it's, it feels like a good cap to this, this collection of four songs. And like, I do really feel like these songs fit well together. Uh, and I, I wonder, you know, we talked about earlier, like the, the process of writing a, a record and like releasing, you know, do you release just a few tracks? Do you try to, to put together a full length? And I kind of wonder if their thought process was process with this was these songs fit together. We're going to release them and then we're going to do something else. Or if it was just like, this is what we're working on. Let's get it out. So I'll be really curious to see what they do next and what direction they go from wasted nights. I think one of the reasons that I love this song so much is it's one of the songs that makes me want to be making music again.
1: Yes. It, it has that energy to it. It's got, it's got that energy to it. And then it's got that, um, it's got, you know, closing song energy. Yes. As well, as well. Uh, it's, which is probably why they put it last. And yeah, you know, I think you mentioned it's got a Springsteen vibe to it. It, it totally does. Uh, also I, I, more than any other song on this record, I feel that killer's vibe here, yeah. Uh, as well, you know, you know, I'm a sucker for the the twinkly high notes on the guitar with a little bit of delay yep. and just a little <laughs> bit of grit. And <laughs> I mean, this song just has that in spades. And so I'm I'm here for it. Uh, that is my jam. I didn't really have a favorite song on the record, but now I think this is my favorite as well. <laughs> now, that I, now that I've sat and really listened to it in good headphones and like really paid <laughs> attention and you know focused on it. Uh th- this is the this is my I'm you know what I'm gonna go out on a limb and say this is the best track on the record. Boom. No, I would agree. You uh you have it you heard it here first. Or it's, maybe maybe you didn't. This EP's been out for a while, maybe you've heard it other places. But hey, that's that's what it is. Call it like we, I see it.
2: We have definitively stated uh not to ever be disproven. This is objectively the best song on the record.
1: Yes. <laughs> So says the undisputable Caleb Coy. Yeah, see, it's true. <laughs> so yeah, that's,
2: that's, I mean, four tracks, that's, that's wild by acceptance. and That's uh, it, we
1: did it. That shit is wild. That shit is wild. I am, uh, again, very
2: pleasantly surprised that I managed to, to find this record at this moment in time and uh, that I enjoy it as much as I do.
1: Yeah, I uh, am also enjoying it. I'm, I'm enjoying this one a lot more than I thought I would.
2: I'm glad, because if I had served you up another one you didn't really dig, I'd be sad.
1: Well, you know, you can't win them all. No. I mean, yeah, you yeah, have yet to throw me anything I really hate, except maybe that cowboy mouth record. <laughs> <laughs> that was. I mean, you were supposed to hate that one. I mean, that was our April Fool's episode, so yeah, I, I get it. Man, that Rick Moranis album, though, we ended up liking that a lot more than we thought, didn't we? That is true. Rick
2: Moranis is a, he's he's a subtle genius.
1: I would say he's a national treasure, but he's Canadian. So I guess he's a Canadian national treasure. He's a Canadian national treasure.
2: There we go. I think, I think that that's a fair statement.
1: Well, uh, we both agree that Wasted Nights is not only our favorite, but the best song on this EP. But Caleb, if our listeners wanted to argue with you about what song was the best on the CP, where could they do that?
2: You can come at me. On social media, and I'm ready for you on both Twitter and Instagram at Caleb Micah. Uh, and you know what? Do your worst. Prove me wrong. Show me a better track on this record. There's four. So, like, it's, it, I mean, if, if one exists, it shouldn't be hard to find.
1: Hey, you've got, you've uh, got three choices, basically. <laughs>
2: Kitsy, uh, where can they find you? Uh,
1: well, they can find me on the Twitter and the Instagram at HeyKitsy. Hey Kitsy. Hey Kitsy. But uh don't at me about this. This is the best song. <laughs> it's the best song. It's it's, it's it's true. It's true. Uh yeah, even you can also, even Ted but, Leo agrees. Even Ted Leo agrees and you know Ted Leo and Caleb and I don't agree on shit. <laughs> but this is one thing that can bring You know what? I'm I'm going to call it just because I'm kind of sick of the running joke at this point and uh And I forget how it even started, but I'm going to call it Ted Leo agrees that Wasted Nights is the best song on this EP. And we're going to we're going to use that to bring us all together and and bury the hatchet on this feud that we've been having feud over. So you heard it here first feud officially over someone. Please let Ted Leo know that a we were having a feud with him and b it is now over
2: (laughs) and that we would still like him to come and talk to us about one of his records.
1: Oh, absolutely. Because they're all good. They're all extremely good. Uh, so speaking of our feud with Ted Leo, you can find us on social media at left of the dial PC. Uh, and the PC does in fact stand for podcast just so we're all on the same page. That's like right out
2: there in like the, the final word it's podcast.
1: It's podcast. Uh, and this is the last you're going to hear of it from me. This is the final word. <laughs> so say we all, so say we all, Well, oh, that's our other podcast. Uh, You can also find us at leftofthedial.fm, where you can listen to this episode and all of our past episodes and get show notes with links to everything we've talked about. Uh, And just, yeah, uh, links to all our stuff. Just go there. Go to leftofthedial.fm, bookmark it, and check it every day. Yes, every day. (laughs) Every single day. We update it once a week, but damn it, check it every day.
2: If you check every day, you're guaranteed
1: to see when it updates. Yes. (laughs) Spoiler alert, it's Friday's. Unless I'm having technical difficulties, in which case it might be Sunday. But either way, it's Friday. But it's it's usually Friday. We, we, we we try for Friday, but either way, it's Friday. Either way, it's Friday. It's hey, it's always Friday somewhere, right? Isn't that totally, is that, that's how that works. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's how time zones work, right? (laughs) Anyway, this has been left of the dial. I have been Kitsy. Caleb has been coy. Thank you so much for listening and we'll be back next week.
0: Let's, Let's